What the heck is up? Reed, how Brother. are you? How are you, dude? I am living the dream over here. The dream? Listen, is there's that no other place I'd rather be than right here, right now. You know, I love you, bro. You're the man. Give me, some, you, give me some knuckles, real knuckles. Uh. All right. John, give me Watch some knuckles. The Britain. Watch the beer tower. The beer tower is forming. <laughs> John, nobody knows who you are. Who the heck are you? So I am the owner of Indie Mobile Mechanic. Indie Mobile Mechanic? Yep. And you work on my boxes, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's he's a swell guy because he works on my junk. and Cody owns a lot of shit boxes. Yeah, it's a whole situation. So, all right, any mobile mechanic. Yes. Okay. How long have you been uh, mechanicking vehicles for? Uh, since 2001. 2001. What is that? 21 years? 22 oh, years. Oh, yeah, we're in 23 yep. now. Jeez. Okay. So, as a mechanic, and you mobile. also you also enjoy overlanding. Yes. So, what's your rig? I've got a 06 Sequoia. Sequoia? Yes. A Toyota? Yes. What? A Toyota. A Toyota Sequoia. The only thing worth a dang. Does it ever actually need any maintenance, or does it just kind of maintain itself? Just standard maintenance. Standard maintenance. like Time and belts. Some oil changes? Um, Occasionally? Occasionally. When you feel like it. Yes. I agree. So, okay. So you got a Sequoia. Reed, have you ever seen his Sequoia? I think yeah. you have. Yeah, but when we were at the uh, Badlands and uh, Hoosier. Stat, it's it's a good unit. It's a good unit, yep. your Sequoia. So, all right, what do you got done to the Sequoia? The basic stuff, suspension. Um, it's got AFE coilovers up front. That sounds really fancy. No, it's budget stuff, budget. but they work well. Okay, I'm down. I'm down for it. You know better than all of us what is good and what's bad. Where to spend your money and where not, to be honest. Yeah, I, I went sure with those because don't. of budget. Okay. It's good budget stuff. I respect that. So, okay, you got some pretty baller wheels on there too, though. Uh, just basic fuel wheels. Basic fuel wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the factory aluminum alloy wheels on my Lexus. Reed's got a... Uh, you have fuel wheels too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Fuel shock. Fuel shock. And then S H O K. Shock. Yeah. And then the uh bad number of D six six six. Oh my. Yeah. What model are your wheels, John? Couldn't even tell you. It's fine. Saw them. Saw the picture. They looked cool. Got them. They do look really Dang. good. Dang, Solemn bought it, finished. Yep. It's good. Bada bing, bada bong. I hear you. So okay. So in this episode. I would like to cover vehicle, well, specific. I want to cover specific overland vehicle slash rig maintenance. Okay. You got me covered on that? Yes, sir. Okay. So, Reed, Hi. you just had some service done to your, your truck, right? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, the winter time's a great time to, after, you know, all spring, summer, and fall of abusing your vehicles, um, especially, we use the term abusing loosely when it comes to Reed. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like Cody. Um, but, you know, the winter time in the Midwest is one of the one times that we're not going out as often on trips. 
Um, so it's a good time to catch up on it. Um, so I did all my gear oil, my transfer cases. And, transfer uh, cases? You have multiples? Yep. Dual transfer cases? Dang. Yep. One other thing. I kind of forget, actually, uh, what Sean did. I just gave him my money and said, hey, make it yep. run. So he did. He did. Both your diffs. Your tran- your man's mission. Sorry. I meant transfer case for the double. Not, yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Just do your thing. It's okay, Reed. Dueling transfer cases are cool, but I don't even have those. So I'm just gonna sit over here and drink my beer. Maybe you need to drink more beer. Yeah, it'll make me smarter. <laughs> so, all right. So you got both your diffs, transmission, transfer case. Yes. And uh, Sean used royal purple. Yeah, I paid him for the uh, nicer stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna treat my vehicle. Treat yourself. Yeah. John. Yeah. Opinion on royal purple products. Overpriced. Oh. Wow. Wait till Sean comes back from Mexico. I'm going to tear him a new one. Papa Sean's going to be angry. <laughs> it's good stuff, but you pay quite a bit for him. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, <clears throat> in your opinion, so let's kind of break this down here. Okay. So, say you're going on uh, two overland trips a month. Okay. Just to kind of give a baseline here. Okay. Okay. John, two overland trips a month. So. Every month, what's your maintenance schedule look like? Just monthly. What's your maintenance monthly maintenance schedule? What oh, should you number do? Number one thing I'm looking at is going to be fluid conditions. Okay. Um, being overlanding, you know, you might be going through some deep waters and things like that. Right. Or axles are going underwater, and you know, you don't know if you got any water in that. That's fluid. a real thing. Yeah. You want to make sure that that stuff's clean and you're good to go for the long term. Okay. Do you do you recommend doing a differential breather relocation? Yes. Okay. I did that. Definitely a plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. So on my truck, apparently I didn't need to relocate my transmission breather or my transfer case breather. I don't know if it has one. I was told I didn't need to worry about it. They all got them. Okay. Well, I was told I didn't need to worry about it. So that's the way we're running. Mine didn't have the rear uh, one, so I relocated that up behind my rear taillight. Okay. That's a good move. I ran a hose. John, you're going to laugh at this. Because <laughs> white trash. But I ran a uh, like a carburetor fuel line off my diff breather all the way up. I followed my brake lines because uh, I learned when I was younger that it was the best to follow factory routing for stuff because it keeps away from the heat, from your exhaust yes. and drive lines and everything. Ran it all the way up, straight up my firewall, and it is just sitting wide open above my brake booster. <laughs> that is still better than not having that line. See? Because it doesn't like actively suck in air. No. It just vents stuff. So, I, mean, I mean, it'll pull in as it's cooling down, as your differentials are cooling down. It pulls a vacuum, so to speak, as everything's shrinking. And That's a good point. Heating up, you know, you're getting air in and out. I've seen people put, uh, like, lawnmower fuel filters on them, on the ends of them. Is that a thing? One-way check valves work, too. Okay. 
Okay. So stop allowing for like dirt to get in. Yep. But allow air in still. I should really check yeah. mine now that we're on this topic because I know you're supposed to change them out every so often. Um, but mine's also behind the rear tail light, one of my rear tail lights, so I'm not too worried about. Such a strange them. place. Like I just I, coming from the SUVs, I never even like. I just ran it all the way up to my freaking engine bay. They make uh, ARB. Have you seen it, John? The ARB makes a really cool block. That's what I have is the ARB one. You have an ARB diff breather block behind your taillight? Yes. Well, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Mine's like a little air filter that came from ARB. That it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen those. Uh, I mean, it, it's probably not bigger than a fist, and you just two screws through it, and it's just got a little filter on it. And she just hangs out up there. Just chooches along. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, all right, John, water crossings, major concern for overlanding vehicles. That's like the number one thing. That's that's one of the many things that I check, um, condition of your drive belts, serpentine belts, things of that nature, make sure they're not cracking. Do you recommend uh, any overlander carry a full set of extra belts? No. No? No. I recommend inspecting your belt before going out. Okay. That's fair. I carry a full set of belts. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't. I have not. If fun you've got the room to carry them. I have not changed any of my serpentine belts since I've owned my truck. <laughs> we'll we'll talk. We'll, we'll just keeps on running, buddy. We'll install those soon. So, okay. So pause. I think we need to add that PBR to the tower. PBR to the beer tower. Add All it right. To the tower. You guys might hear a loud bang now, but. I'm going to add it right now. Live on live on the set, folks. All right, we're adding it and it's standing. Successful. How All many right. Back to business. All right, we're back. Okay, so inspect your belts before you go out. That's a solid option. I mean I mean you do a once over of the vehicle. You check your fluids, check your fluid levels, make sure your serpentine belts good, your tires are good. Yep. You know, oil pressures, things of that nature, make sure your lights all work. Yeah. You Basically. look in your engine bay before you get out. <laughs> yeah. You pop your hood before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> I just, start. yeah. Attempt to start the truck a couple times for Cody, and then, yeah. you know, eventually it starts, and then he goes and leaves. John, I don't know if I told you this, but when we had our uh, Upper Peninsula trip last time, so I drove my truck. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love it. I drove my truck all the way from good old Franklin, Indiana, all the way up to the Upper Peninsula. Didn't miss a freaking beat. A unit. Drove it all the way up there. Just cruising. Yeah. And we got all the way up there, and we stayed the night in a hotel that night, and then we drove, like, two, what, three minutes, Reed? Yeah, it wasn't very far. Three minutes to, to the meeting gas, location, and I turned the station. truck off to get gas. I went to fill it up, and the truck wouldn't start. Yeah, keep in mind, like, everybody has showed up at this point, so all, you know, the people yep. that are coming to join the trip sees the uh, lead guy at the gas <laughs> yeah. pump trying to start his truck. Isn't that such a me thing? I mean, it's like a Cody-only thing. I mean, it happens. It's fine. I just turned the key off and tried again, and it started up and didn't have another problem the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's Toyota for you. I think I need a new battery. True story. But, okay, so check your belts. Um, what are you looking for? What's your next kind of step as to checking over your overland rig? So I definitely start with the fluids. I do my belts. Um, I'm checking to make sure my battery terminals are clean and tight. Um, 
checking tire pressures, uh, tire condition, looking for any cracks, uh, gouges, things of that nature. And okay. So one thing that a lot of people miss, check that spare tire. Yes, that is the truth story. So are you telling me that you have a full-size spare? I have a full-size spare up underneath. <sighs> okay. See? Well, odd man out over here. Hold Never on, mind. Okay, full caveat. Full-size, stock size. So he has a stock size spare underneath his truck. Okay. But. What tires are you running, by the way, anyways? BFG KO2s. Okay. Those are so heavy. Don't care. Ain't Green care. peak mount. It's, hey. it's a sequoia. He's a big old care. sequoia. That thing just eats yeah. it. Yeah, it chooches right along. It's yeah. fine. Okay, so <clears throat> in the inspection of your tires, because this is something that I feel is a lot of people do not have experience with. So what specifically are you looking for in those tires? I know I've been told anyways. I can't confirm or deny. Apparently, there's like a manufactured date that is molded into the tire itself, correct? There is. Okay, so are you paying attention to that amongst other things, or what are you looking for exactly? For me, I know the condition and age of my tires, so when it comes to the manufacturer date, I'm not concerned with it. Okay. Now, if you're buying a used set of tires and you've got those on your rigs, yes, pay attention to that date. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Big so, thing that I noticed, mm-hmm. um, at least on my old truck, I had the Nitto Ridge Grapplers, and I had a huge issue with, uh, like, the alligator cracking in mine. I mean, is that, like, a, a huge thing that um, what? is like kind of dangerous? type cracking? Yeah. An alligator cracking, like, you know what an alligator's back looks like, where it's, like, all, like, just kind of, like... Oh, dry rot. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I was getting on the surface of my tires. And believe it or not, like... Before it w- met its ultimate demise, my old Tacoma. <laughs> R.I.P. to the old Tacoma. <laughs> um, Folded in half. But, uh, discount Tire was actually going to give me a discount on a new set because of how fast that had happened on those set of tires. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's crazy. So, tires. I mean, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, John. In my opinion, tires are one of the most important things of your vehicle because those are the direct contact between the ground and your truck. Yeah, I totally agree on that one. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on the more economical brands of tires? Do you think you should spend, you know, I mean, like you said you had BFGs on your truck. Reed, uh, you have Nittos. No, Falcons. I have the uh, Falcon Wild Peaks. Okay, I have Toyos on my truck. So we all three got three different brands. However, those three brands are very reputable, and I would venture to say they're considered high-end. Yep. John, do you agree? I agree. Okay, so what if somebody put, like, some, just a random brand that I'm thinking of is, like, Nankang, or, like, a... <laughs> This is maybe a controversial controversial brand, but like Ken does. Um, what if somebody wanted to go with a more economical brand uh, price point versus the higher-end tire brands? So I've actually personally ran a few set of Kenda All-Terrains. Okay. And for the money, I had zero complaints. Um, what I'm, do you mean by for the money? They're a really good budget tire. Okay, do they last as long as your BFG, your Toyos? No. You won't get the mileage out of them. Okay. Are they like half the price, though? 
probably about thirty percent cheaper. That's a big, it's a big chunk of change, yeah. especially when you're looking to purchase some thirty fives or something, spending, you know, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars on a set of five tires. Yeah, especially if you're just getting into overlanding. I mean, your budget's thin to begin with for most people. Okay, okay, so that's that's a great thing. So you just bought a brand new rig. Okay, could be. Let's talk. Uh, let's 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 split it up into two here. Could be stock. Okay, so you bought a stock. I don't know. Let's say ten-year-old vehicle. You as a mechanic and an overlander. What are you looking for, as far as uh, like a quote-unquote clean bill of health? Well, we'll go start with mileage. See what the manufacturer recommends for. You know, maintenance based off of mileage and start inspecting those parts. Okay. Um, it could be, you know, just changing fluids out. It could be a timing belt change. Um, but the big thing is making sure all those maintenance things are up to date. Okay. So you um, basically follow manufacturer suggested? I do from the start, yeah. Now, as time goes on, that might fluctuate a little bit depending on what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. So, Reed. Yeah. Let's just go around the circle and get everybody's thoughts on that. So, you just bought a new used Overland rig. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you're doing to it? Um, I mean, I think I'm right in line with... um. You know, just checking all the, uh, you know, fluid levels, things like that, trying to see. I think it's a huge benefit if you're buying a used vehicle to see if the, you know, current owner before you buy it or whatnot has any backlog of maintenance that they've done on it, uh, where you, you know, you might have any sort of paperwork, anything like that to show uh, certain mileage that they, you know, change things out. Um I mean, the main thing would just, I agree, is, you know, checking with the manufacturers kind of recommended, um, you know, timelines of changing, you know, your fluids or what have you, uh, changing those components out in the vehicle just to, you know, keep the longevity of the vehicle up and running. Uh, because, you know, I said before, you know, we don't treat our vehicles nicely. What? I treat my truck so nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I take the most care of it. Yeah. Uh, Photoshop in the uh, photo of him doing a wheelie in an 80 series Land Cruiser. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's really just, like, keeping up on it. Um, you know, I mean, for all of my stuff that I just had done, I mean, Toyota recommends me doing, like, the transfer case, everything like that, if every 15,000 miles. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm at... I need to check with the service that you're rolling my man, truck. Man, I, I swear... And it's, I'm at 39,000, 38,000 on my truck, and I'm just now doing it. But, you know, it's one of those things that I plan to do every year. So if I go over it, I'm not, you know, devastated by it. But it's right. something to, I think, definitely keep up on um, because, you know, you're spending your money in lots of different ways with overlanding. Right. And um, so to keep the longevity of the vehicle up, I think it's definitely something that you got to pay attention to. That's That's a great point. That leads me to a question for you, John. So, if you were in my shoes, okay, 307,000 miles. Okay. Land Cruiser. I have changed every fluid on the truck except transmission. 
what would you do? Definitely inspect the condition of the fluid currently. The fluid is not brown. It is definitely nice quality bright red. Then I would do a basic drain and fill. You'd be comfortable doing that? Yep. So at what point would may... So for those of you that don't know, uh, John, we'll let you fill answer this. So... Uh, what kind of tends to happen? What's like the whole stigma there between old automatic transmissions and doing a drain and fill? So it's, it's more than that. It's, it's not just old transmission fluid. It's going to be old transmission fluid with also transmission parts, particles in that fluid. So okay. that, that's kind of where it gets iffy. Uh, most people won't even bother flushing after a hundred thousand miles uh, because there's a lot of build up in that oil that you don't want leaving the transmission that might be what's actually keeping it together right because it's like a it becomes almost a friction compound at that point right yes. for the clutches inside yep yep so uh, a lot of the time just a drain and fill if the conditions and you know pretty good the fluid looks clean drain and fill won't hurt nothing okay so that was that's kind of one thing right like i mean i've owned my truck for almost two years now i've put i bought it at like 260,000 on it. Okay. Low mileage for a Land Cruiser. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're at 307. So, knowing that mileage on the vehicle, what are some of the very key specific things that we would want to look at with uh so like let's let's go through this. So like you bought a vehicle 100,000 miles. You bought a vehicle 200,000 miles. You bought a vehicle 300,000. I know the 300,000 mark is kind of rare on anything other than a Toyota. Yeah. But, so like on a 100,000 mile vehicle, what are the very crucial things inspection wise for new vehicle purchase? New to you, obviously. 100,000 miles, that's pretty much your first major maintenance point. Correct. Um, you are looking at timing belts, spark plugs, air filters, uh, condition of all your fluids i mean that's that's the point where you're doing number one you should check the condition of your fluids no matter what right yes i mean if you're buying a vehicle twenty thousand or thirty thousand you always want to check the uh fluids no matter what right yeah. if you're buying a used vehicle you know you want to look for deposits too pull the oil cap off see what it looks like on under the cap you know you might see some uh some heavy buildup in there and that right kind of gets you thinking about well what's this engine been through how's it been maintained you know is it worth has it been driven by cody king before or has it been driven by Reed Thomas? steer away if it's cody but i mean kind of for the um for the people that i guess would say aren't as mechanically inclined i mean in your mind what are kind of some dead giveaways like if you saw something um that's a good point that you should steer away from that's um, a that's a really good point Depending on mileage? Yeah. Oil leaks. Oil leaks. Well, what if... So, again, the 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 people that aren't as mechanically inclined, they may not know necessarily what an oil leak is yeah. versus, like, a coolant leak or transmit any any oil on the bottom undercarriage of the vehicle? Really, any sort of leak. It's not a good sign. But it's self-lubricating. Rust preventative. Yeah. Automatic changing, right? <laughs> That's how Just it is. Just got to top her off. That's how it is on my truck, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a distributor O-ring, by the way. I got you. My guy. I knew I knew you had my back. Uh, John Indy, mobile mechanic, the official mechanic of Wannabe Overland. Right on. Dude, Love you're, it. you're crowned. 
Give me some knuckles. Official Jeez. official mechanic of Wanna Be Overland. And the Wanna Be Overland podcast. What's kind of some of the things that I mean, have you always kind of been like on the mobile end of things or kind of what led you into that if you didn't do that to begin with? That's a great so, question. 2019 is when I started doing mobile work on the side. At the height of the p- pandemic. Great time. Really what it was is that I couldn't stand how shops and dealerships want to charge people, selling them things they don't need immediately. Yes. And I got extremely tired of that. Um, does not make me feel good. Does not help the customer right. out. Amen. So go out on my own and handle things in, in, in a way I would want to be treated as well. I love that. That's awesome. Like, we're going to get sentimental here. So, but like, really, you are a straight shot shooter and you really like, you know, keep me, I'm going to say me specifically, in check. Like when we were working on my Subaru. You know, you were like, well, this should be replaced, but you don't need to. This should be, you know what I mean? Or like this, you really need to replace. And that was something that was like really cool to me because I go overboard with a lot of stuff, as you've learned. (laughs) I'm the same way. I go overboard with all this. I'm like, well, well, we're here. We might as well just slap a new turbo on it or whatever, you know? It's one of those things, like if you have the money to do it, then by all means. Yes. It's nice to have somebody tell you like, you know, that's not necessary to do right now. Like, these Amen. are the more kind of punch list items that you should be focusing on. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, if you got 50% brake pad left, why am I going to sell you a brake job? That's true. You just sell them a brake job a few months down the road. Exactly. See, that's a good... See, that's why we like you. You just keep it real with the folks. That's how it's got to be. Man, I hate that, too, because I just recently had a friend that owns a uh, Mazda into keep... What a horrible choice. I mean, yeah, but, you know, not Overland rig, anything like that, but to keep up with their current kind of um, coverage on their vehicle through the dealership, they made it mandatory that the dealership have to do it, and it was, like, bare minimum maintenance stuff, and it was over $900 for all this stuff that they had to do, and it was nothing important and i'm just like man that that's ridiculous because i i mean i really don't think there's ever been a time where i've gone to a dealership to have you know maintenance work done on my vehicle and i'm i've come away generally happy with it i mean it's always you know beating around the bush and things like that where it's like you just want somebody that's reputable that you know is just straight to the point and tell you like this is what you need to do this which like you don't need to focus on this right now Right, right, and, and that's how it needs to be. I mean, what needs to be replaced needs to be replaced, and what doesn't will be later down the road. Right. Yeah, and that's, like, a big thing, but see, though, you, let's caveat this situation, though, right? So if you're an overlander and you are planning on going on, like, for me, for instance, uh, this July, I'm going to be going on a 3,700-mile trip, one shot. Technically speaking, I should get an oil change in the middle of that trip. However, I'm technically not going to because 300,000 mile Toyota don't give a shit. Use a quality oil. Amsoil's been known to go over 10,000 miles. I don't use quality oil. I use the cheapest 15W40 I can buy. (laughs) (laughs) Super tech. Yeah, yes. I am literally not joking. The two gallon jugs, dude, they're like 15 bucks. I like Mobile One. Right. So, okay, well, we're going to take five. Your boy has to go to the Mano. I see that. 
I it's it's bad. It's all the beers. So we're gonna take five. We'll be back, guys, in a few minutes. All right, John. The biggest question that people want to know. The first mod to your vehicle for overlanding. What should it be? Definitely tires. Tires. Why? Overlanding doesn't require a lot of suspension. You know, it really doesn't. You're just trying to get places. Right. And, you know, if you're trying to get out there on a highway tread, it might work for a little while. Right. But you really need a tire that's designed to really get you places. And all-terrain at minimum. Okay. So, what is the next step, in your opinion, after tires? I mean, I'm one of those guys that like big trucks. So, I'm going straight for suspension. Okay. So, let me caveat that. My opinion, next thing you should have after tires, Reed, I'm looking at you too. I'm looking at both of you. It's going to come as a surprise. Door system. No. I can see the benefit of that. Dude, so sick. I can see the benefit of it, but I'm also a firm believer, and at least this is in my opinion, that I want to stretch my truck as far as I can go. And obviously, you know, tires are the huge contributor to that, to, you know... You're not going to go anywhere if you don't have a good set of tire. Um, but I want to get in more remote locations. I want to push the uh, the vehicle to its limits. And uh, I think with the suspension, that's a, uh, <laughs> a huge thing is, you know. I mean, you can always go so far on, you know, your forest service roads. Um, but I want to I go further than that. And I think... With that comes, you know, changing out suspension, things like that, to give you, you know, that ground clearance, things like that, um, just to push that even further. That makes sense. I'm on the same boat with that. I do like drawer systems, though. I I can see your point with that. Um, Because storage, man, like, the biggest struggle, even, like, my big-ass Land Cruiser that I have, like, it's fully freaking built. My biggest, biggest issue is storage being able to store everything in a convenient location because let's be honest we get shmammered when we're out on the trails it's everything has to while have its we're place. not driving once we're camping yeah we are absolutely not drinking while we're driving ever that is so irresponsible don't do that please don't, don't freaking do it but you know while we're out while we're camping you know everything has to have its place and if you don't have a drawer system, it doesn't have its place, and you just throw it in a tote, and then it's crazy, and it's bad, and then it's just all bad news from there. I mean, I agree with that. At the end of the day, at a long day of, you know, driving, things like that, I do see, you know, the benefit of ease of setup and ease of access to your equipment. And, you know, you're just wanting to set up camp, you know, get your stuff up quick, and then go join around the fire and have a few brewskis. Or 30. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what happens on our trips. But if not you're, always, though, if you're responsible, unlike us, um, you'll only have a few. But you know, we throw down boxes of beers. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I see. I see that. You know, I guess it's dependent on how organized you want to be. Um, you can get away with it for so long, but I definitely. 
I can see the benefit of a drawer system, whether that be something you build yourself or purchase, you know, from a company. Um, but I want to go further than other people. And so for that reason, I'm more focused on suspension work before I go to a drawer system. Okay. Okay. So let me play the devil's advocate here for both of you. Cause John, you also disagreed. No drawer system after tires. I'm different though. I'm real minimalist when it comes to what I carry. Yeah, you don't count actually. All you he eat pop tarts and water. And pop tarts, <laughs> yep. and he's good for two weeks. And his Hawaiian stickers on the back of his sequoia. Yep. That's all we need. What was the one? There was one sticker on the back of your sequoia that I absolutely loved. I don't remember. It was like powered by Hawaiian or something with the Intel logo. <laughs> I can't even remember. It was Hawaiian like, inside. I think it was. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Hawaiian inside. Yeah, because they say like Intel inside, but it's yeah. Hawaiian inside. Yeah. See, that's the one. Yeah. So okay. Here's my th- my my take. The reason why you need a drawer system. Because we live in the Midwest. You don't need ground clearance for any of our trails. 99 and three quarters percent of trails. I don't know. Tell, tell that to my uh, sidestep the other day. That last trip we took. You're welcome for that. Was that a bad time or what? Oh, no. It was great. See? I don't even think I know about this. What happened? Was that at the Badlands? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hit my sidestep a little bit. It was fine. Everything's fine. Oh, yeah. It was good. On that that just s- gives you a reason to upgrade to rock sliders. See, time for yeah, some. Yeah, I know. Time for some slidey boys. That's all it is. So, okay. Well, John, high level here. Give me the steps. Your maintenance, again, on the overland vehicle, high level. So what's the first thing you're checking? I'm checking fluids. Okay. Levels, conditions. Levels and conditions. Okay. Second step? Going to drive belts. Drive belts. Okay. Third step? Uh, Checking my batteries, electricals, making sure my batteries are par, electricals clean. Okay. Should you take your rig to a local auto parts store, get the battery and alternator tested? Definitely worth it. It's free. Amen. Next step? I'm checking tires. Tires. Okay. After that? That's pretty much my basic stuff right there. We're getting it on the trail after that. Yep. Okay. Ready cool. To party. Party mode engage. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap, boys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge thing, especially if you guys are wanting to, you know, continue to getting out there. You don't want to see your rig sitting in the shop because you're fixing something you want to get out there have fun uh so it's a huge thing to stay up on the those things and those items uh to you know preserve your vehicle don't be a cody and run the bottom end oil you yeah, know you don't want to be left behind broke down on the side of the trail you don't want to be at the gas station while everyone's laughing at you while you're trying to start your 300 mile 300,000 mile land cruiser. It's a 300,000 mile truck. I'm quite certain it would run on fryer oil and it'd be fine. John, admit it. It It would be fine on fryer oil. Glizzy juice. Probably. See? Exactly. It doesn't care. All right, guys. This is another freaking episode of the So You Want to Be an Overlander podcast. My boy John was joining us on some vehicle maintenance, vehicle history stuff. So we're going to be back. We're going to be back next week. Don't you fret. Reed, are you ready to be back next week? Oh, man. I love love doing this for you guys. You know, keep up the support. We love to hear from you guys, feedback, everything like that. Um, 
We're going to keep busting them out for you guys. Let us know what you think. Have yeah. a great week. Yeah. I want to give the hugest shout out to For Fox Sake Off-Road and Metalworks for allowing us to set up our pod studio here. We've stepped up our pod studio from Cody's living room, and now we're we're in the bougie life right now. I got my pinky up. It's true. So uh, you can check out For Fox Sake Off-Road and Metalworks website at welovecodysmom.com. <laughs> Uh, Not get, a joke, by the way. Yeah, this is a real website. So, all right, y'all. Have a great freaking week, and we'll see you in seven short days, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch y'all later. See ya.